What's up, everything? Welp. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation. No breathing. Don't give a fuck if I cut my arm. Welcome back. It's the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It's going to be painful, folks. I have no idea where this episode is going to go, but it's not going to be pleasant. Ian, we are currently circling uh, an iceberg in the North Atlantic, and we are on the Titanic. Mm-hmm. And that Titanic is the Blues 2022-23 season. But Ian, before we dive into the mountain of negativity we have to deal with today, I had to show you something because oh, I okay. went... I went to World Market today. You know the World Market on San Jose Boulevard? Everybody knows this World Market on San Jose. It's out. You take 295 out, you know, and you get off at San Jose. It's right there. I went to World Market. I've never actually been to a World Market before. You've never Um, been to the one in in Brentwood? No, no, but they're terrific. And I found while I was there, uh, these beautiful things. I don't know if you can see them from from where you are, but uh, these are the Hawaiian brand kettle potato chips that are um it's like kissing the salty lips of God every time you eat one of mm. these. So they're so good. Um, I will be uh I'll I'll try to be on mute, you know, but I will be <laughs> um just absolutely destroying my body and trying to drown my feelings and eating these kettle chips uh while we podcast tonight because that's that's all I've got. Fatty food. And, uh, you know, self-abuse is all I have, right? That's right. Our, <laughs> so, our podcast quality goes up and down with this team. So. That's right. And right now it's way up because this team is way down. Uh, you know, I don't know. How are you feeling? What? Give me your, I mean, give me your takes. Give me your spiciest takes. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're here. How you feel. I wanted to do this after this game because I wanted... I wanted fresh feelings. I wanted the real deal. Mm-hmm. James like Neal. He's James not Neal. on this team. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> um, I really thought they're going to win this game. Not while watching the game. Not at any point while watching the game. No, 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 no. Before no, 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 the no. game, before puck drop, I was like, they'll probably win this game because Armstrong came out and said his bits and and you know that everyone's everyone's well aware that they're you know. They're under the microscope now, so we, they're, they'll win. They'll win. They'll oh, throw they out a pretty good effort, and they lost. They fucking lost, and their effort was piss poor again. Um, and <laughs> and I don't. And now they have a three day break, and then they go play the Bruins on Monday in Boston. Then they play Philly in Philly. Philly, mm-hmm. you know, live, give or take Philly, like in guaranteed losses. But yeah, yeah, people, people out here being like. Well, you know, it would be very bluesy of the Blues to beat the Bruins, though. And I'm like, I I see what you're Mad saying. Mad respect to Kemper, one of the real ones who yeah. said that to us. I get I get that vibe. I totally understand that. But this Blues team, no, this Blues team will get slaughtered by the <laughs> Boston Bruins. Uh, this this is what we get for winning the Cup, and I'll, I'll take that. But and then do they play like Vegas or was it no? Mm-hmm. They play San Jose on. on Dude, Thursday. their November is brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They play i had this way at the bottom they for the next month they have 13 games only five at home eight away they play at boston at philly versus san jose 
at Vegas, at Colorado, at Chicago versus Washington, Anaheim twice here, which is kind of weird. That's not like a home and home. They just, they just stay here um, at Buffalo, at Tampa Bay, at Florida versus Dallas. Like even the week, even the weak teams in there, like San Jose or like Chicago, who's who's higher in the standings on us. So who gives a shit? Um, like those, yeah, remember those when they were supposed wins? to be the laughing stock of the Central Division, them in Arizona, <sighs> both teams that are ahead of us in the standings right now. Uh, this, yeah, could I mean, be a, this could be a historically rough month. There uh-huh. is a, uh-huh. a very good likelihood uh-huh. that this team is three and nine the next time we speak. A very good likelihood. <laughs> and yeah. at that point, at that point, baby, pull the shoot. Like I'm, I'm pretty, in, I'm pretty in between where I'm like, well, I mean, they're bad, but they're not this bad, but you know, they'll figure it out. It's six game losing streak teams that happens to teams, whatever. But if they three and nine, pull the fucking shoot, just pull. Yeah. It. There's they're, yeah. They're not, this team's going to go on a six game winning streak and more. No, go like two for every two wins for every three games they play or whatever the fuck they got to do to make the playoffs at that point. I know I'm jumping the shark a little bit here, but like fucking hell, dude, no way, no way. I'm surprised you're not at pull the shoot point yet because uh, I'll tell you, I am. I'm all I mean, the way they, there. I mean, they should. I guess I'm of like the weird public opinion where I'm like, I know most people. It'll get your weird moderates are like, well, you know, they they had the the Russian line look good tonight. So, you know, they're they're putting it together. Dude, they had a picture of Doug Armstrong tonight, just like staring down at this team. That that guy put his neck on the line for this team and they said, whatever. <laughs> and that Seriously. was it. like, I'd be pissed if I was him. Like, dude, I'm trying to run interference for you guys. And this is the fucking crap you give me. Like, are you fucking shitting me? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I don't care that they look good in the first period and like good relative to how bad they've looked. They didn't look like world beaters or anything. And then they, you know, they tried to hustle because they're down four to one and everything in the third period. And it doesn't matter when you just run like have shit running down your leg in the second period. Like the wheels came off. The wheels come off every game. Mm-hmm. The wheels come off. They just explode. Mm-hmm. On the fucking train every game. It's yeah, just a I matter mean, of when. All of a sudden, it just goes boom. Like they score a goal, and it's like, oh, it, did, here comes three more. And was there anyone in the entire country who didn't realize we were doomed the second that goal went in? Fourteen seconds into the second period, it was over. You could, you could, you could have fucking closed the game right then, because it was over. I just don't, uh, I don't have any hope for this team. I really, I'm about as low as I remember being. I'm not even like, I'm almost, I wanted this to be like the angry, like screaming, ranting and raving podcast. And I'm almost past that point. And listen, folks, listen here. It's, it's uncle Steven and uncle Ian (laughs) talking to you right now where, you know, you know, it's just we're, us. You here. know, we're the realist. That's, That's right. What people say and the realist. Here's the thing about realism: we're real about ourselves, at least, and we recognize that we're idiots who know nothing, and we've never claimed otherwise. Um, I listen occasionally to that montage we did after the Stanley Cup win because you know it gives my heart happy feelings, and I listened to that a couple of days ago, trying to remember that the Blues were good 
uh, once upon a time. Go back and go back and listen to it. Episode playoff episode twenty four, I believe. The the gang wins the Stanley Cup. Go check it out. But uh, yeah, I listened to that, and of course, the thing about that montage is it takes us all the way back to the beginning of the two thousand nineteen season. Uh, where we were terrible, and Ian and I were relentlessly saying, this team's done, this team's got to rebuild, there's no hope for this team. Even when Mike Yo was fired, we were saying this was the end of the beginning of the end of the beginning, and we were talking about how, you know, it was just the start of a much longer, much more painful process. Hey, baby, we won the Stanley Cup that year. I'll be the first to admit we were wrong. We were as wrong as it gets. A lot of other people were wrong, but we were wrong. <laughs> The thing is, there's people out there, and I know some of it's tongue-in-cheek, I know maybe a lot or most of it is tongue-in-cheek, that are saying, well, you never know, because 2019, baby, you know, you know, baby, I'm sorry, (laughs) like, this team is so quantifiably different from the 2019 team. The 2019 team, we all came in with the highest hopes. We came in with so much hope and so much uh, optimism. We just got no Riley. We just brought back David Perron again. Uh, who else did we bring in that summer? And oh, Maroon came in that summer. Um, you know, we had Shin in the fold. We don't forget Tyler Bozak. Gotten Tyler Bozak. <laughs> we got who you know came here to win a cup, which is still one of the weirdest things. The fact that that came true immediately is like insane to me, but um. All that's all that good stuff. We have Robert Thomas coming up to probably be a rookie, and and we had so many reasons for optimism. And then that team started. The coach was all wrong. We knew that from the start. There was no goaltending, and we had some serious injuries, especially like Jay Bowmeister and stuff. Those were reasons for the team to be bad. This team has lost David Perron, who listen, I think David Perron's a big factor. But on the ice, he's not this big a factor. We lost Billy Huso, which, hey, is turning out to be a much bigger factor than we thought. And we also lost Jim Montgomery, who has his new uh, newfound Bruins team at 9-2, and two, looking like the team to beat in the NHL. Um, but we were otherwise the same team that was supposed to be good last year, except last year, Ian, this team got by on a sky-high shooting percentage, which is something we talked about fairly frequently this summer Mm -hmm. as a real thing to prepare for with the Blues. Sky-high shooting percentage across the board. They had 920 goal scores. They'd be lucky to have five this year. Um, They got by with a deus ex machina of a goalie um, and Billy Husso, who had no right to be as good as he was and bailed out Jordan Bennington, who was being terrible. And they had a killer special teams unit on both sides, which I believe Jim Montgomery had a significant role in in crafting. So Mm -hmm. we don't have any of those three things this year. And the defense has somehow gotten worse. And I don't know what the argument is for people who are saying this is just a skid. They'll be fine. Obviously, neither you or I think they're this bad. No one is this bad. But I don't know what the argument is for thinking they're going to be just be a good, they're just going to be a playoff contender. Now I don't see how this team could possibly contend for the playoffs right now. And that's an overstatement. I know I'm, I know it and you can clip it and make me feel like an idiot. If they're just right in the middle of the hunt again and uh, March and April, but it just feels different, man. It, it, 
here's the thing about the Armstrong press conference too, which we're also going to get into. That doesn't happen. That mm-hmm. reeked of desperation already. And I respect Doug Armstrong. I, you know, we will talk probably at some point about his tenure here and and when it maybe should come to an end. And I'm not saying this is all his fault necessarily. I'm certainly not, not even necessarily, but that's unprecedented as far as I know for him to just call a press conference to talk about why his team's fucking terrible. And um, I mean, the only other time it might've happened was deep, deep into the 27 or 2019 season. We were just talking about certainly not, eight games in or nine games in whatever it was when he called it. And, you know, we'll talk about his comments here, but he was talking straight up rebuild. I mean, the dude was like, not even, you know, his comments about Craig Berube were like, well, if we need to him to coach young players and make them better, he's done that in the past. Like mm-hmm. he's, he, he was not beating around the bush and in a way I credit him for that, but dude, I mean, that's, that points to the fact that this dude does not think this is a temporary just little skid that they're just going to pull themselves out of. And like you said, he went out, he put himself on the line for this team. He said he still believed in this group, and this was the best they could give him one period of semi-decent hockey. And Ian, I didn't see the first. Did they look good, or was it just not as terrible as they've been? That's the thing. Is like I just feel like it was pinball, and they just looked – they looked – slightly passable compared to like the last five games right um yeah i mean armstrong came out and when he was saying like you know i think he just literally started with like i figured i'd come out here today you know to to field some questions because you guys probably getting tired of hearing you know same stuff from the coaches and the players and and having a good (laughs) laugh and i'm like man i get it i'm with them there i mean i think i think that was honestly the right call as a fan, I enjoy it because it just makes me think that he's at least taking it seriously. And, but you can't, you couldn't give more of a shit in front of like home fans and stuff tonight too. And like, it's to me, a lot of this is, um, it just seems like they lack, they lack a lot of things. They lack cohesion. They lack like being sharp and all that stuff. But I feel like they also lack like, just like heart like even when they look good tonight when they're kind of moving a bit more Mm -hmm. I don't really see it as like oh they've got heart it just looked like out of pure like frustration desperation like now I'm just like we're just doing everything we're just gonna we're gonna throw my body at the fucking ice and we're gonna see you know what sticks and I just don't see I don't know I don't know what it is but like when you saw that 2019 team when they were on their run and everything and like even in the you know three or four months leading up to like the playoff run that was a team that like had swagger and like played super well like even after you know they'd lose and then they'd play really well the next game like especially Bennington like they just had a feel about them and not even necessarily like a cup feel you know when they were when they were playing well it was just like this is a good team this is a team that's like feeling it and this mm-hmm. team is so the exact opposite. And not just because they're, like, losing, right? Like, if you're losing, of course, like, it sucks. But, like, they just don't even look – I don't know. It's like deer in the headlights. It's like they don't even look like – they. I don't want to say they don't care. They care. But, like, they don't know themselves what is happening. It's like we don't know. 
I, I don't I have no idea. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. It just bugs me because they, they're, I think Armstrong talked about too, their body language is so shit. Their body language is so fucking crap. Like, if every time, like, that's how you know the wheels are coming off, right? They get scored on and you see, like, the all six of them just go, oh, shit. And it's like... <laughs> yeah yes internally yes you know what i would do that too but i'm not a professional athlete so like it just blows my mind they look so fragile and i think yeah spoiler alert robert bertuzzo literally said that in a quote like after the game that's like yeah robert we all see it all of us they're so weak right now and this is coming from someone that's not a go out and punch people in the face sort of guy i'm just like you guys look like any any resistance to you as a team is just shattering you at this moment. It's to borrow Steve Dangle, it's shambolic. It seems confidence <laughs> is zero. It's nothing. And I mean, you, you get it back by winning, right? But I also just feel like this team doesn't feel like a a team, and it feels kind of nuts because you lost like Peron and Huso. And those are big pieces, don't get me wrong, but it's like, as a team that's not, was Peron, were Peron and Huso like the ringleaders and now you have like no leader to look to? Like what, I don't, I don't believe that. So I'm just like, why do you look like a not team right now? You don't look like a team, just a bunch of dudes out there. And I don't, I don't know why, like, maybe that's what Armstrong meant when he was like, they, they have no, com- I don't see a good compete level and they were asking him why. And he's like, we're gonna have to find out why. And I'm like, you're the GM, so I get you're not in the dressing room all the time. But that's that just that's a quote. That's a quote. People are like, why don't they have to compete? Why don't they compete? And the GM goes, I don't know. We got to figure that one out. And that's like, holy shit. Uh, I don't, man. I don't know. I just don't. I you know I don't think we're probably going to go through in detail the games i not anymore if you want to not anymore you, t- you took um, the notes and i'd hate to waste them but um waste away no i was gonna say like i think a big part of this too if you want to like it a little more nitty-gritty is like this isn't i don't know this isn't just like a Kyrie thing right or like a thomas mm-hmm. thing or like a neighbor's thing. or an o'reilly thing yeah or an o'reilly thing or a shot oh, like sorry. you were naming only young players maybe you well meant- but yeah but i mean like <laughs> i was gonna say more it's like you see veterans making shit plays you see nick letty throwing it up the middle of the ice to get picked off you see ryan o'reilly throwing it up the middle of the fucking ice today to get it picked off like you see colton Preco be in the blue paint for like no fucking reason darren pang trying his damnedest to to bend over and give Colton a little bit dude no of leeway where he's like they're looking they're looking they're like yeah they're not closing the gaps um you know they're not getting in on the on the late man okay here it comes around and they're like and here in this Islanders player shoves Colton just a little bit shoves him just a little (laughs) bit and now Colton's out of position and I'm like well not because of the shove Darren like like he's just it blew my mind they showed the replay and I'm like why are you there? Colton Pareko is like done. He's like done. He's like in that Brent Seabrook territory, except Brent Seabrook was 35 when it happened to him. And this I mean, we can't we can't stop pretending. So we can't pretend that Colton Pareko hasn't been bad to terrible for three seasons now. 
you know yeah what is the positive where is it where like no everyone's always like well you know he's he's got that long stick and sometimes he's breaking up plays and stuff and that's as that's as sky high as the praise gets with him (laughs) that's not good yeah that's as good as it gets and that's not good Pareko (sighs) we signed Pareko's contract specifically because we he was coming off a bad year and and you know I I don't think he's ever admitted this publicly because he couldn't but I think Doug Armstrong was making the gamble that hey we just saw Seth Jones sign for a gajillion dollars we just saw Zach Warinsky sign for a gajillion dollars I'm gonna lock down the guy I think is my centerpiece when he's coming off a bad year and I can get him cheap knowing that it was a gamble that maybe he wasn't going to recover well he hasn't recovered and now you're locked into one of the worst contracts in the nhl he's not good metrically he's not good at the eye test he's fucking the size of a mountain troll and doesn't use his body and he's got a slap shot that fires like a howitzer that he refuses to shoot he's he's just a it's like god spilled a person he is just a disaster (laughs) And I'm sorry, like, we've, you know, if you've listened to us for a long time, you might think we're anti-Colton Pareko because we've always kind of been the doubters in the group. But, like, I'm not trying to pat us on the back, but it sure seems like we had some merit to what we said three or four or five years ago when we said this dude is not your Alex Petrangelo replacement. Guess what, man? He's not your Alex Petrangelo replacement. This team Hmm. doesn't have an Alex Petrangelo. And... This team doesn't have a top pairing. Nick Weddy's bad. Tory Krug is bad. I just, you know, somebody just tweeted us on 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 uh, on Vine. Where else would he tweet us? <laughs> um, somebody, although Elon, maybe bring him Vine back. So you know, uh, somebody just tweeted us and said, "I don't think we're in for a meaningful, re- a long rebuild because we still have Kyrie and Thomas." I'm not. I'm not trying to do a voice. He's fine. This guy's fine. I have nothing against him, but I think you know we still have Kyrie and Thomas, and there are pieces in this defense that can be good. My response to that is, Hugh, who Nico Mikola, Justin Falk, like that's not the core of a defense that wins in the NHL. Those are two pieces that are okay. And Justin Falk, by the way, has been pretty wretched defensively this year. He's just covering it up by being a point per game player, which you know, good credit to him because nobody else on this team like, is being one. Like, score, please. <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I don't see any hope for anyone on this team. Not that's too much, but like anyone on the defense to meaningfully turn it around. And people are like, well, you got to trade, you got to trade, um, you got to trade Pareko to, um, you know, Toronto because they're desperate dude they're not that desperate ain't nobody touching that contract nobody's touching that contract nobody's touching Tory Cruz contract you're setting those two out you're you're living with those unless you want to do a buyout those are your two options they're never going anywhere um you, you could probably trade Justin Fox somewhere he's your good defenseman you can't trade Braden Chin anywhere you can't trade Jordan Bennington anywhere and listen I'm not saying that goaltending has been the problem this year, but it hasn't been winning us any games, you know? And I just don't like where, if I was trying to craft an argument for hope that for this team, I don't think I could do it. 
I don't know what there's there's not you know the captain is a disaster in a contract year we're not even talking about that much yet because there's so much other stuff to talk about one of our best players is in a contract year he's been great but behind the scenes who knows what's ever going on with Tarasenko anymore um you know our two players that we just signed long-term contracts on are both not playing particularly well Thomas better than Kyrou obviously I know a lot of people are already saying well they weren't worth those deals guys you can't judge friggin eight years off of 10 games and moreover these guys are not supposed to be in a position now where they're leading this team yet they're supposed to be better than this I have I'm not arguing but don't forget that they're not being paid eight million dollars this year they're still being paid two million or whatever Mm. and they can't you can't expect I'm sorry they're still too young for you to expect Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas to be the ones to step into that room and be like come on guys this is unacceptable let's get our shit together like if the veterans in this locker room have given up you cannot reasonably expect Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas to be like no we got this guys this is on us you know like it, it, it's just it's just a mess right now and and I don't have a lot of answers for it do you have anything that i just said that you want to respond to no um (laughs) yeah i mean i thomas and kairu have to like contribute but that's the thing is again it'd be like if their line was sucking ass and everyone everything else is clicking and or you know everyone else is doing well but we just needed a goal and they you know it wasn't they weren't producing that one goal we need then i'd be like man these guys you know suck they suck whatever but like right now no one's playing well like they're all playing like shit and like again i don't think they're three and six bad i don't think they're gonna end up whatever it is 32 and 50 this year but of course not if they go if they go three and seven three and eight or whatever do i think they're gonna go two for one for the rest of the season no. no so no. like and the worst thing to be is like the worst thing would be if that sort of did happen right or they just kind of 500 at the rest of the way because then you're you're the team that's like 15 points out of the playoffs 10 points out of the playoffs mm-hmm. you get you get your 14th pick overall blah 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 and you're like well you know we had a really rough start so we're just gonna hope we don't have a rough start again next year sort of thing yeah. we're gonna come prepared um but they're not though yeah, like if there's anything that I think is really evident, like if you want, if you don't want to pull the shoot and you don't want to get too overreactive right now, I think it's pretty evident that this team needed change. It was, it was, it was painted over, you know, with the with the uh, shooting percentages, the twenty goal scores, the super high high danger save percentage. I think we talked about a lot last year. Thanks to Huso, where like he was had like I think the Blues had the second best high danger chance like save percentage, but we allowed like the fifth most high danger chances, and it was like oh well that might like fucking bite you in the ass eventually. So and here we are. Um, so all that kind of painted over a lot of the issues. So not that many changes got made this year, but a lot more subtraction than addition. But like I think it's pretty evident this team this team has made up as is like doesn't have it and again you're not trading thomas you're not trading 
uh, Cairo or whatever, but you have the opportunity to not sign O'Reilly, not sign Tarasenko. At very least, that opens up $15 million or whatever, right? And like, do with that what you will. But like, I don't know what, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, to me, honestly, it feels like this team just doesn't have the, the heart. They, you know what? You know what this team doesn't have? They don't have the dog in them. They just they don't. They ain't got the dog There's in them. no You're right. dog. You're right. There is no dog. Here's something to put some perspective on all this. You remember the Vancouver Canucks who we were laughing at? We were mocking as a team that couldn't get a start and that's, were so terrible. Uh, they couldn't win a game. Well, they are currently beating Anaheim 3-1. to one. If they beat Anaheim tonight, they will surpass us in the NHL standings, and we'll, we will be in 31st place. Um, so people, to be fair, I haven't seen a lot of this, but if you're out there doing the this isn't a big deal routine, I just don't know, where do you get off? No, <laughs> but like, you know. I always like, wanted to say that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't know how you can do that meaningfully, how you can believe that. It's a big deal. It's disastrous right now. And uh, boy, what I don't a, know. What a weird central division right now to have it be Dallas, Winnipeg, Chicago, mm-hmm. yeah, Minnesota the, in the middle, and then Colorado, Arizona, Nashville, St. Louis. Uh-huh. Uh, the Avs are also struggling, but not like we're struggling. And they have more right to. They are the defending Stanley Cup champions. So, Ian, we've talked, we've alluded plenty to the Doug Armstrong press conference. Would you like to walk us through specifically what he said and how he said it? Please uh, do your best Doug Armstrong impression as we go through this. Oh, yeah. I, I wish I could do his laugh better. I can hear it in my head, but like it comes out and it sounds like a really shitty Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I did. I did like how he started this. He just pretty much said, "We're in the bottom quartile of anything that matters in the NHL right now, and that's the best we are is in the bottom quartile." You look at goals for goals against average, we're in the bottom. You look at goal differential, we're in the bottom. Our special teams are not special. <laughs> They're special in a different way, Doug. We are. Uh, I um, love that he said that. Also, I do really like that they're doing statistical analysis. I mean, I know every team does, even the even the so-called non-analytics teams will do some, but right. you know, I mean, to hear him just straight out say, "This is what we are. This isn't good enough." That's not something I've heard him say a lot, and I think it's really encouraging in some ways. Oh yeah, I think he. I I mean, I like that he came out and talked. If not only because I think he was fairly candid i mean i think yeah. a lot of the times he's really trying to like put out the fire and just be like hey guys nothing to see here i know how y'all mm-hmm. feel i get it but you know we were sticking with this group and that's like it but the, the fact that he actually like acknowledges as we'll get to like that there could be issues or like what they might have to do if the issues don't like clear up is like i don't know i i'm sure he's talked of like that in 2018 but part of me feels like i don't just don't remember it yeah um yeah i mean so, he was he was pretty blunt right before the turnaround in 2019 but it was so deep into the season at right. that point that he like had no option but to be this is a very this feels like a very different thing with him jumping out in front of it so much you know right i mean again but that's the thing about this losing streak sorry go ahead no, i was gonna say yeah it's only nine games in and you already have your gm like talking to the media 
And that's the thing about this losing streak. We're not just losing. We're getting curb stomped again and again. These games haven't been competitive. They haven't been close. It's not like there's been a fluky goal that went against us. We've gotten our asses handed to us by six teams in a row now. And not all of those teams are even good teams, you know? So, um, yeah, that's the thing. If you're losing close games or you're losing OT over and over again, like I guess I get your other issue can be, well, they're, they're terrible because they can't finish or whatever, but it's like, but Hey, you could look at that's a fluky goal. This is a shitty call, blah, blah, blah. And be like, we're the tide's going to turn and we have it. But like all these, all these analytics behind the blues right now, it's not like we, it's not like our expected goals are like meaty middle of the pack or like pretty high. And it's like, we're just unlucky. It's like, no, we're, this is, we're performing <laughs> to the standard that this team is setting. Um <laughs> So this was before tonight's game. This is after the LA loss. So he was saying, so we need to make sure that this is ground zero. Well, it wasn't, Doug. Um, and start making our way up. What I said to the players, we may or may not win on Thursday. They didn't. Obviously, we're in the winning business. <laughs> but we need to see what we need to see is competitive level higher than what we have now. What we have to find is a part of our game that we can build off of. And Baruby in his after game after this game um or sorry after tonight's game against islanders he had comments that were basically like yeah i i liked her effort overall i think we were putting a good effort tonight and stuff and i'm like that's a lie no man no okay real quick real quick i don't want to go to locker room does someone in this locker room needs to just step up and say you know what no (laughs) This is raw. That's right. We do need someone to be a, a, a candid John Tortorella. If I can't for a moment, like I, I'm please. not porcupine. Please, I'm whatever. Just do if it. This, Craig Berube, like if this is his thing, if it's just like no, I no, we got it, we got it. like that's what he's been doing this whole time. Is sort of like yeah, we got to be better, but blah blah. blah. Like some like some of this is him honestly some of this is him i don't oh, know how I don't you buy could... for a minute none of this is him i'm i'm not and i'm usually the scapegoat the coach guy i'm not scapegoating the coach here but the people who are like this isn't on Bruby at all it's not who in this who in the entire organization is this not on somewhat this That's might I mean. be on the medical trainers somewhat this could be on the concession stands people somewhat this is terrible and you can't absolve the head coach completely this head coach put nola chari on the first line tonight <laughs> you can't but, say he knows exactly what's going on and how to fix it which I mean, like quickly on. removed yeah and and I don't think I don't think Ruby's going anywhere, as we'll get to in comments that we're talking about in a minute here. And I don't necessarily even think that he should be the blame or be scapegoated. But the people who are like, "Oh, Baruby's completely innocent here," no, no, man, the he- the head coach of a sports team is never innocent when that team's losing. You know, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Just how it is. I think I'm just more annoyed than anything that they're like that he'll just. You like I don't know I don't know want to necessarily chew out the players but like I just feel like I'm we're getting the same positive spin the same weird like ah oh, it was pretty good sort of thing I'm like man really you can't really think that this is like interference right maybe you should pull a tortorella and just like fucking freak out at the media so we're not like so we're, that's what we're talking about but I don't know um, Armstrong went out to say and this this is what we talked about earlier it's the way we lose we don't lose with pride we seem extremely easily frustrated and I think the competition builds off our body language. When we don't score, we have a group of guys that believe, I can't believe this is happening to me. And we have a group of guys that believe 
that they're not part of the problem. When in reality, we're all part of the problem, starting with me, but we all are part of the solution too. And then he said, why we're not competing, I don't know. The guys tell me how close the group is off the ice and that's reassuring, but it has to be way closer on the ice. They have to want to play for each other. I wish I had your answer. I don't really have an answer to why we're not competing. I just know we're not competing at a level that's necessary to be competitive. You can't, if you're not competing, you can't be competitive. That's a very, that's a very serious insight. I'll give him that. I, I will give him credit. I mean, I totally agree. It's like how it's just how they look, right? Like you can lose games. That's the thing. Like the Blues lose games all the time, lose 30 something games every freaking season. Like, but the difference is for a good chunk of them is like, oh, well, they lost by a goal, or like, oh, that was unfortunate, or oh, they were super pissed the whole time, or like there's something there, but these are just like ah, the wheels exploded and and everyone's yeah. look staring at their freaking feet. And it's just like, well, I I know for a fact they're not going to come back a win. I can see it on their faces. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. Um, Armstrong, I want to say, I really believe there's guys doing more than necessary to try and get out of it. But playing hard dumb is just playing dumb. Right now we need to up our hockey sense the game of hockey is now now is ebbs and flows. And when you get the momentum, you want to push for as long as you can. And when you don't have it, you want to get it back as quick as you can. We don't keep it long enough and we don't get it back nearly quick enough. I mean, it's not wrong. That's true. They definitely give up the momentum or whatever little they have pretty quickly. Um, talking about Bruby, though, like we were talking about earlier, Armstrong mm-hmm. said, I believe in the coach. I believe in the system. This isn't a system issue. It's a competitive issue. We have to rectify that. I do believe in the group, and that's a very self-serving thing to say because I put the group together. But ultimately, it's my responsibility to judge what they do. It's like, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're getting eking ever closer to my job should be in question. <laughs> but I don't know if that's where you should be going, but it's it's entertaining to say the least. Um, talking about Kyrie, he said Kyrie looks way more like a $2.9 million player right now. And that's what he's making, which I thought was pretty fun. I like that. He's like, yeah, he's not playing well, but remember everyone, I'm not paying him that $8 million yet. So you can't be angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he said, but I think he's one, just one of nine. There's other guys that aren't playing to that standard. We need more from Jordan, but we also need more from a lot of guys. So he's an easy target because of the contract he just signed. But if I'm going to base the next nine years, off eight games, it's going to be a really big roller coaster for me, for him, and for the fans. And I mean, you, I don't know. That's that, I mean, that has to be your response. And I think it's the most even killed response you can give to stuff like that because it is A, it is his guys, it is the contracts he signed and get handed out. So again, a little, I mean, I respect him for saying, saying some of that and just being honest about it, you know? Like, yeah. But yeah, he was also like, yeah, he's not playing well. He's not going to be like, oh, you know, it's like, I just think it's one of those things where you made a bet and you can't blink eight games in nine Mm -hmm. games. in. even for as bad as we're saying, this team is playing right now for sure. But you can't like be like, Hey, we signed you to a contract. And also we think that contract like fucking blows now. (laughs) Like I just, it it don't make no sense. Um, Okay. Then they started, he started talking about rebuilding, retooling, whatever you want to call it. He said, that's never been our first option to react with a trade early. I'd rather hit rock bottom with the group than build, then build up with it, than try and send a message that by moving a player, oh my God, that that was the guy that was the issue. So basically, 
you would rather he'd he'd honestly rather this team hit rock bottom and completely scrap it than trade a player in the hopes that that will fix everything which i i respect a little bit but he's like i want them to show me how bad they are (laughs) and then i'll make changes um but yeah i said uh when it's really not yeah, one person's issue, if it's one person's issue, it's mine. So I think there are ways to make changes if necessary, but that's not what I'm hoping to have to do. My desire is to push 12 to 13 years and 13 to 14 years of being competitive. But I also have to be realistic that if it's only a small portion that want to be competitive, then we'll go a different direction, which was like the start of like, oh, this is, this is interesting. And he said, if it's not underperforming and this is just the ability that they have, then we're going to get to that part that I don't want to get to saying can we play certain players in different nhl teams which is a weird way of saying make a trade um you're not you don't own the other teams doug <laughs> would our team be better if we played Braden shin as the right wing on the montreal Canadiens? let's find out <laughs> yeah, let me lend them and they'll lend us some other players um he was in trying to gain assets to go into a rebuild i said to the players look at the teams that have had success in the past that are in a different phase of their organization. Everyone has the term retooling, rebuilding, whatever re is, it sucks. I don't wanna be re anything. I wanna continue what we're doing now. And again, and it's very self-serving because I put it together, but we're not in the belief business, we're in the winning business. And again- I mean, this is honestly as much candor as I've really ever heard Armstrong have. It oh yeah. This. this is about as open as he's ever been about like how he feel, like, feels about the team and his like outlook moving forward. He said, we're not running out of winning runway yet. But 10% of the season played gets to 20 pretty quickly in this league. I really believe in the guys. They've done a lot for my career, and I want to return the favor and keep doing best what's best for their career. But at some point, we have to do it together. If I believe in these guys in September, I should believe in them on the 1st of November. But we have to start having results. And he said, I don't think there's a number of losses. I think it's a feeling. I think it's a feeling that you have that's not an analytically driven decision. It's things you see with your eyes. If you don't see the compete level, you media guys have been around long enough. You've followed a team that's been relatively stable for a lot of years, but you've seen us play a lot of unstable teams. When we become unstable long enough, I think everybody is going to know. And like, I don't know, man, that wasn't like, the thing is, he's like, I believe in these guys. I believe in them. I want to keep believing them. But I think a lot of it too, and this is probably, it's a fun narrative. I think a lot of this is him talking to himself, quite honestly, mm-hmm. because yeah. at the end, he's like, if if it's bad, how often has he like acknowledged, like, here's what's going to happen if it's bad? Like, never. It's never, like, even when they're bad, it's like, we'll turn this around, we're going to figure it out, blah, blah, blah. Like, the answer's in the locker room. Like, we're not, we're basically, no, we're not doing anything. Don't worry about it. And this time he's like, if it's bad, you will know if it's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, and not saying it never will be, not saying it will be either, but he's at least opening the door of like, that's a possibility. It's a possibility that we got to make some changes. I here. do think, sorry, go ahead. I didn't know that's, I was off. like, I'm just, I, I was pleased with this in terms of like confidence of a GM. Cause I was like, at least he sees what we're seeing. At least it's not some weird, like, well, you know, our analytics, our in-house analytics say like, uh Tory Krug's actually a great defensive defenseman. You're just not looking at the right metrics, sort of crap. It's like, yeah, I'm up there in the box and I'm seeing the same shit you guys are. Yeah, I mean, I think 
I think in some ways he's definitely talking to um, the players that have been around for a long time. Uh, not, I don't want to say he's trying to send him a message. I think you're right. He's talking to himself in some ways, but I do think he's sending a message that like, listen, you're not just going to get to hang out here and, and twilight your career. If that's how this is going to be, you know, we, we will tear this thing down. If we have to tear this thing down, there's some key veterans that are on expiring deals and he's sending them a message like, we ain't going to resign you if we think there's a rebuild here. We're going to trade your ass for parts. You know, we're going to get rid of Barbashev and Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, here's the nice thing. If if there's a rebuild that's happening, this is the time to realize it. And there's two main reasons for that. You've got three major veterans that people will want come trade deadline time. People will fall over themselves to get any one of those three pieces that I just named, mm-hmm. Barbashev, O'Reilly, and Tarasenko. So you can immediately restock some assets that way. It's also one of the deepest drafts in a long time. And it's not just the first overall pick. The first three overall picks are believed to be absolute game changers. You know, it's it's like the McDavid draft on steroids even. And... um. You know, I'm not saying we are going to actually be one of the worst teams in the league. Again, I don't think either of us really believes we finish in the bottom five, probably. But if you if you look this bad come December 1st, then you got to start thinking about we might be better off trying to turbocharge this rebuild rather than trying to resist it, mm. you know, and get some of these pieces out the door sooner and listen i don't want to be a team that tanks and i don't think we're in a position to tank again because i think we do have too much talent but uh if you're gonna tank this is the year and <laughs> you know that's definitely something he's got to be considering uh i wanted to also write read um ryan o'reilly's comments because he as ever uh resorted to his bud dwyer management style of you know pointing a gun at his own mouth on live television hey man nice shotting himself into oblivion but uh he made comments after uh armstrong made comments and he said myself i've been absolutely horrible i'm not really doing anything i've got to fight to stay in this league i've got to do a lot more leadership wise my own play if i can do that that will make a big difference and he also said uh, Doug's message was clear. This is unacceptable what's going on. And he's absolutely right. We all have to look inside and find our own way of, of what's going on. But yeah, for myself, especially, it's pretty pathetic. Now he said all that. And then he gave away the game winning goal or, well, I guess it wasn't ultimately the game winning goal. Was it? Did we lose four to one or four to two today? Four to two, right? Five to two. Come on. Five to two. Excuse me. Don't forget um, those empty netters. <laughs> but uh, what are what are your thoughts with Ryan O'Reilly right now? Because I don't think he's this bad. But man, what's happened? Yeah, I because it's what I'm seeing isn't like age. I don't think. Unless, unless he's regressing mentally, but you know, no joke, but like, I'm sure he's not. Um, 
the Benjamin Button of the NHL. That's right. But like I he's playing so poor and like this guy's our our best two way forward. And I know a lot of people have said like, well, we don't have Perron anymore. Is this really like us missing Perron? And to an extent, maybe, but like I really don't think I love David Perron. I wish he was here. I don't think David Perron is like unlocks the power that is Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly didn't play with David Perron for like freaking nine years or whatever. He was mm. fine before. Um, I don't know. He's fighting it harder than like anyone, honestly. I feel like like he's the one that I look at that's like struggling <laughs> compared to like some other people that I think make boneheaded plays or soft on the puck or whatever. I feel like I still see O'Reilly try and I feel like everything he tries ends up it's like shattered it's just like it's just it's never it just never feels correct he's not able to like win puck battles he's throwing passes that are getting picked off the other game someone was passing to him and he like lifted his stick up because i don't know if he thought it was going to somebody else and then then it got picked off too i'm like man what's i i feel like he's like never played hockey before sometimes i'm like man what is happening where like where yeah. is where is any of this going the the uh, well i don't think we're we're in a weird spot right now i don't necessarily think we're going to resign him anyways but if we do he should be cheaper this is the old robert thomas bit he should be cheaper then so so there you go Um, i do think that's positive we've always talked about the potential pitfalls of his sylvia plath brand of (laughs) self-loathing and i mean i know we talked about that but like that isn't the comment to dig this team out of this hole right now. And I mm-hmm. love him. I love Ryan O'Reilly to death. If we don't resign him, if he's terrible for the rest of his career, I'm always going to love him. Blues fans should always love him. But I'm just not sure that's the note to strike. I'm mm-hmm. pathetic. I'm. <laughs> it's pretty embarrassing. Like, listen, I'm hearing myself in all these comments. So, Ryan, you and me, baby. We're neck and neck. We're we're heart to heart. I get it. But if you want to like pick people up out of the doldrums, that's not how you do it. You know, and I'm not saying you do the fake optimism. Oh, it's not as bad as people say we're going to do all right. You know, and you can even Mm -hmm. do that. It starts with me. But when it gets to like that hangdog, uh, dare I say, losing the love of the game kind of uh, expressionism, that's when you start to really have to worry, have to worry, start to really having to worry i don't know you start to really worry about a player um and you know i i don't think i don't think david Prawn's the reason it's this bad uh but i don't think and you know i know that for some people are tired of hearing this argument i don't think you can discount how big a role he played not only for o'reilly personally and their close friendship but also for this locker room. He was a big personality in the locker room. He was a beloved teammate. Everybody's talked about how much they miss him. He's the kind of guy that can maybe maybe say something in the locker room or run his mouth or say something stupid that loosens everybody up a little bit. And uh, that's not there. You look at this team, honestly, I think this is an important question and maybe one we should focus on more. Who Who has a personality on this team right now? Jordan Cairo maybe does, but he's young, which means he probably doesn't get to express it. Jordan Bennington's got the psychopath energy that he always has, but like, who are the big magnetic people in this locker room that people want to gravitate towards and follow? I don't know who they are. 
I don't know who they are. And Doug, and you know, I've always said this about coaches like Craig Berube, but and I don't think he's a bad strategic coach, or you know, I really again don't think this is his fault. But if your chief benefit as a coach, if your best strength as a coach is being the fire and brimstone motivator type, that has a shelf life. It undeniably has a shelf life with teams. Every motivator player's coach type runs out of steam with his team once the team has been together long enough and they kind of fall apart because they hear the same crap all the time and the old same speech can only be meaningful so many times. So, um, you know, I do think that's a major concern or question too about the coaching style as well. So the leadership mm-hmm. on this team in the locker room, I think is a huge question mark. Nobody ever knows where Vladimir Tarasenko's head's at. I saw some people the other day who were like, well, this all just proves that Vladimir Tarasenko can be, should be captain. Bro, what? <laughs> How is that your conclusion? Man, Do you up, see Tarasenko throwing hands on the ice or, you know, talking to the referees or anything? Like, I'm not saying Ryan O'Reilly's the perfect captain. I'm not saying Vladimir Tarasenko would be a terrible captain. But, like, how do you get there? I just don't. I don't know, man. I don't understand that loop of logic. I don't even know who our other alternate captains one. I assume one is Pareko, and he's a friggin' train wreck. Shen. I just don't. I think yeah. Shen, yeah. I Shen, that's who, a... by the way, I think has been pretty decent this season. I don't know how he's been defensively, but he's scoring points. Yeah, I was going to say, this team just doesn't have, like, a heartbeat. I don't know who, like, it goes through, and they talk to a lot of different players, and I feel like all of them are always, like, especially in this streak, they're like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, Robert Bertuzzi, they talked to tonight, and he was like, which is, I I mean, they did talk to Thomas and somebody else, too, so at least they're not just throwing out the the seventh defenseman, but he's mm-hmm. like, we're just giving up a bit too much free stuff, and I don't know what the reason is. It's like lots of people going, I don't really, I don't know um which reminds me a lot of 2018 going in 2019 in that respect because i remember there's a lot of like we don't really know what the problem is and i'm like well that's a problem um another thing too about like folks that are like if we're going to turn this thing around remember that like change had to happen to turn this thing around we fired the coach we got essentially a new goalie at jordan bennington like there were changes. We didn't just become better and win mm-hmm. the, and go into the playoffs and win the cup as the same team that started the season. Like it was, there was change. I don't, I don't think this team is going to drastically change before your eyes. I don't think they're going to be the team of last year with nine 20 goal scorers, surely. Um, and the, and the think the at the end of the day, when pessimism takes over, I go, they're not going to be that team last year. And last year's team um, was fun, but wasn't good enough either. So mm-hmm. like, <laughs> that's just that's back to middling. I think that's why. And we'll, if we can pull back the curtain a little bit, that's why as annoying as this loss was tonight, I was kind of like, good, like because mm-hmm. I need. I need management. I need other fans. I need whatever to see that this team is not good. I do not want this to become like a paper tiger. And it's like, oh, they've they've got some fight back in them. Who knows? It was early in the season. Now they're they're 
six and seven. We're we're getting back to it. And it's like, no, uh-huh. no, no, no. Like, <laughs> I really, God, the worst thing, honestly, would be if they, I don't care where they finish, whatever, it doesn't matter. They can finish terrible. They can make the playoffs, whatever. The worst thing would be if they go into the next summer and they're just like, well, you know, we, we'll, are we, we are. re-signed Ryan O'Reilly. But Tarasenko mm. walk, we we got freaking, I don't even know the fuck the UFA is they could sign. We got Jonas Donskoy, he's in here now. Oh Horvat. Yeah, and like, and we're gonna we're gonna plug back at it. And it's like this is wrong. <laughs> you know what? No. <laughs> this is not the mix. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's what's so annoying is it seems I, I mean it starts on D, that's where I look and it becomes, but it just seems so evident. And I don't know, like, I honestly, you can clip this, but I honestly just don't see how they recover. I don't. Like, to to be a playoff spot, to being, like, a, a team you can pat on the back, I'm like, good job, boys. Like, I don't see it. I could be dead wrong and they go on, like, a freaking eight game tear, you know, whatever. But you know what I'd tell you then? You didn't see that shit coming either. You don't think there's gonna be a freaking eight game tear in this team? Like mm-hmm. something's the way they lose, the way they look, something's not right. This isn't just six random ass games that they're like, oh, what could have happened? They all lost them in different fun little ooh, ways. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you know how Darren Pang talks. <laughs> Dude, I think th- I think that's really well said. I mean, I really genuinely think you're right on the money with that. I think we especially one of the other things I think is a real serious consideration here is we cannot afford to chase a fringe playoff spot this year. I know we've said this before, and I know we haven't traded assets at the deadline this year. You cannot go into this offseason with O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and Barbashev all on this team and unsigned. You can't do it unless you're a top three team in the West you know, mm. that really thinks, boy, we've got a fighting chance against Colorado. You cannot do that. It is not an option. This team has no pipeline to speak of. They have one of the worst things about our defense. We haven't even really hardly harped on how the defense is broken and unfixable. But one of the worst parts about that is we have nothing in the pipeline. Oh, yeah. There's like no... And one of the only ways you could conceivably dig out of this defensive hole a little bit is having some young, you know, prospect who, who is really highly rated and, and does, uh, you know, $4.5 million worth of defending for $900,000 for a couple seasons, you know, um, we don't have a prayer of having that. We don't have anybody. We haven't drafted a defenseman in ages. And I like the best available approach. It's not like you can look back and say, Oh, look at these six defensemen we passed on that are all superstars now, but like, that's another major concern. So you cannot go into this summer and say, well, we'll just figure it out. You know, we'll just Mm -hmm. figure it out. We'll sign one of these guys. We'll let two of them walk. That's not an option. So you cannot, if you are, even fighting for a fringe playoff spot, you have to assume you're not going to make it, I think, personally. No, I mean, like you said earlier, this is one of the deepest drafts in a long time. 
and even if you're not getting bedard or whatever you're you're getting like a significantly um better player than a lot of these other drafts even in like the top 10 or whatever and it's like i do have faith that if this team looks middling and it's like well if they win you know their next seven if they win seven of their next like 11 and then this team drops that then you know they'll be close to like the wild card spot or blah blah i have a feeling if we're in that position i have faith in armstrong given whatever he did you know in 2017 2018 to like move some of these players because it's like it's not it's you you're not gonna make it you know you, mm-hmm. you showed you you showed him what you are and it's not good enough so might as well retool or whatever like yeah this is the year and you have the assets and if you're in that position still you gotta do it yeah God. yeah you gotta because um, i think you made a good point because if they don't our pipelines zilch and then you yeah. you just reached for something and probably didn't make it probably didn't make the playoffs those guys walk and you're just like the longer they don't acknowledge that this team is middling, the worse this rebuild is going to be. Worse the, wor- the worse it's not, the more it's going to yeah. be like a Sharks rebuild than a, um, I don't know, like a Rangers rebuild yeah. or whatever. Like unless it's going to be you, painful. Unless you absolutely know that you are, you do not need a rebuild by January 1st, you have to enter rebuild mode or at least retool or restructure mode. You just, don't have any other choice. And I think judging from his comments today, Doug Arm or yesterday, whenever that was, Doug Armstrong knows that. Um, but it's still a little, you know, it's still nerve-wracking. So Ian, we could go on forever. I did ask for some questions and we got a few. I think they're going to all be pretty thematically similar. <laughs> we'll do our best to answer them uh before we sign off. Our friend Tommy Hummel says they don't really have much of a choice to hope it gets better, and it should to some degree, jokes aside, they aren't this bad. But what is a realistic return for 90 right now? Well, nine right now, um, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, right now it's hard to know. I still think if you trade a Con Smythe winner and Selkie Trophy winner and captain at the deadline, you can get a pretty premium return. I mean, he's got to fetch you a top picker prospect, I would think at least, um, you know, assuming if, if he's just this level of garbage all year, um, then obviously not, but uh, what are your thoughts on O'Reilly's return? Um, or not his return, but what he could return in a trade. Hunter, Hunter like, S. Thompson, Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly, that is. <laughs> I mean, you can get like, I don't even know. It wouldn't be a high draft pick at this point, right? But you can probably get like an all right, an all right prospect, depending on what team you're sending them to, depending on what their pipeline looks like. Um, I think any prospect you're trying to look for, you're, like we said, our D uh, pipeline is dry. So I think you'd want to have some sort of defensive, but I don't know if I don't know that you get that much for him right now. I mean, he's obviously has a pretty good pedigree from all the previous seasons. Um, but that'd be some, that's the problem, right? It's like you almost have to, 
in a weird, I'll answer this question a different way by not answering it. You almost have to basically look at this team and be like, here's the guys I can trade, the UFAs or whatever. Here's the people that I want to trade that maybe aren't UFAs or whatever, all that stuff. And you can't do it now because it's selling low. You got to be like, all right, these are the guys. And then when you get to, you know, being a 500 team, which isn't good enough, but they've played some better hockey and they've had, they've scored some goals and they're looking a little better. Boom. Then you trade them because you need, mm-hmm. you need that stock a little higher, but he's taking notes, man. Doug Armstrong was taking mental notes of like, all right, well, can't trade them now, but in two months when uh, they've scored like seven goals in the last seven games, see ya. Hepatitis. See yeah. ya later. <laughs> I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't think that's unfair. Um, let's dive back into some more questions once I find this tweet again. Things are hot and heavy on Twitter today. Oh, yeah. Got to keep up. Uh, Kemper, our friend Kemper already mentioned, uh, they asked, thought of another. Well, they asked three questions, so let me get through all of these. Which would you rather, Army shake the team up and they actually get better and make playoffs or let us suck all year in hopes of Bedard or at least a high pick? Um Oh, that's a hard question. In hopes of Bedard or like in likelihood of Bedard? Because the top three thing really makes a big difference for me. It is such a good top three. If it was just Bedard or Bust, I would say, hey, yeah, let's keep the good vibes going and make us a playoff team again. Um, But everybody who's listened to this podcast long enough, and I'm sure Kemper is among those, uh, knows that I tend to prefer the old prospect, you know, excitement for the long-term future mindset, not the, oh boy, do we need a rebuild mindset. <laughs> so I would probably lean the uh, suck hard for Bedard route, but uh, what do you think? Which is which are you uh, on? Which side of the fence are you on with that? Um, I mean, yeah, I think I'd for funsies sake right i don't think i don't know i don't think you get this take a lot probably from fan podcasts but i would honestly rather that yeah we suck hard and strip this thing down and just start over because as a fan i'm i'm kind of done with a lot of it in my head i feel like i'm like i'm done with a good 75 percent of these players so i'm just sort of like <laughs> yeah man just like start over and we can be fun again. And I kind of like those young fun teams and all the, all the excitement around it, man, you know, what's fun. What's fun is like not knowing you're like, Ooh, mm-hmm. what is Josh Norris? Ooh, fun. You know, versus like, Oh, this is not a cup team. If they, if Doug Armstrong could find a way to retool this team into something passable, some better than passable, um, I'm all ears. Like, yeah, I think, I think it GM. also depends on what what constitutes a shakeup. Because if a shakeup's like we just traded Colton Pareko for William Nylander six years after that was a viable option, then sure, <laughs> you know, like whatever. I mean, if it's going to be crazy, yeah. but if yeah, it's that's like, what I mean. Like, oh, if you're trading cut... like Achari for whatever, I'm like, I yeah. don't care. Yeah, exactly. But like, we cut Thomas Grice and brought in. <laughs> I don't know, Scott Wedgwood or whoever, you know, like I'm not interested. Thomas Grice, you know, probably the one one of the few people in this one of the least affected. Yeah, that's right. He's like, I don't know, I'm trying to do my fucking shit. Me and Bennington <laughs> trying to do our fucking shit. Yeah, who knew? I thought goaltending was gonna be this bleak, just like always talked about area this year. And I don't give two shits about goaltending. Mm-hmm. 
which is good, I guess. But I definitely don't think it's been a plus, but mm. I think it's hard to pin much of anything on them as like the reason, you know. Right. I think a um, quick retool would be nice. I just don't see how even that would end up pushing us as I don't know, close enough to the playoffs or in a spot where I feel comfortable that this team's like actually competitive. Uh, yes, I agree. Kemper also asked, do you think it's worth uh, even trying to keep ROR, ROR and Vladdy for another run or should we let them walk, trade them and possibly other vets and start building around Thomas Cairo now, even if that means suffering a couple of seasons of building? I think we've already answered this, or at least I have somewhat. You don't keep them for another run in the sense that uh, you're not resigning them. Absolutely not. I think if you... Either one, if you don't plan to reside them, you have to trade them at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, not at this point, like tomorrow, but you have to trade them. Um, if you want to extend them, um, then yeah, keep them, I guess. I mean, I'm not, I don't know, you know, if if that enters the bigger question of like, what does a what does a turnaround for this team look like? But I don't want to necessarily get rid of both those guys, but if you're thinking rebuild at all, you pretty much have to, right? So uh, do you disagree with any of that? No, I don't. I mean, it's interesting. I agree that this team should be switching more to building around Thomas and Kyrou, which is a hard pill to swallow for some people right now because they're not looking great um, or not like last year. But it's funny because 32 Thoughts, they talked about – the Blues not playing that well. And I think, I don't know if it's just that they're not watching the games closely. I get it. They're national media dudes. They can't watch every game. But they didn't seem that that confused by it. Or they weren't, they're were like, yeah, it's, you know, it's not a good start. But I think Elliot was like, I just see a team that's in transition. And this is where I think Elliot was like, what? yeah, so this is where Elliot and Merrick are really hung up on like the last big thing that happened in the Blues. And the last big thing was losing Petrangelo, which I'm not saying it wasn't a big thing, but I feel like somehow in that, that's where they're hung up on. So they'll always be like, well, did that not happen three years ago? I know. Well, they're like, they're still, they're still reeling from that and trying to replace what he was and blah, blah. I'm like, not necessarily disagreeing with that either. But they keep, Elliot keeps talking about the Blues are transitioning from like a, heavy, hard-hitting team, blah, blah, to like a quick, skilled team. And like, I think this is just some growing pains. I'm like, dude, I I like Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick. I think most of their takes sometimes, even if they're kind of left-fieldy, I'm like, you know what? I, I For teams they don't watch, I'm like, I see what they're saying. This one, I didn't get at all. He's, I'm really curious to what they say. They got to talk about this, I'm sure, at least a little bit tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm super curious because... This is not this is not some weird we don't have like nine young dudes in the line of like oh they're just all learning together we're not like the sends dude like what tra- what transition and if that's what you think maybe that's like indicative of like the problem is that mm-hmm. like they're transitioning to like nothing like there's no target what's the target what's the speed we have Jordan mm-hmm. Cairo the end like he's like they're gonna be a quick team I'm like with one human like one human being like i just don't and then they get hung up on like all the blues or when i grew up the blues were like super tough and that's what they've always been and now they're kind of like not that and i'm like no what you're thinking of is when you grew up the blues were always 
somewhat good at least mm-hmm. they were somewhat good 70s they suck but like 80s onward somewhat good and now they're bad <laughs> it's not like they they're from tough and rugged to like quick and fast and they just don't really it's like they don't really they're trying to figure out what they are i'm like no but in a different way they're trying to figure out what they are because they suck i don't know it was very yeah it was a really like cold take for someone uh-huh. that I normally think is pretty good ones. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Like, huh? Yeah. So anyways, I, I think we should transition to Kairu and Thomas and, and move away from some of these older dudes. But like, again, I, I don't know. They're not bad enough that they can, they're going to tear this whole thing down. I, again, mm-hmm. I sort of wish they were because then it would at least like have like a, a direction. I think that's the hard part, right? It's like, you know what pieces you would like to subtract, but those pieces carry huge contracts. And it's like, okay, well, you're not trading away the young guys. Okay, well, you're not trading away the guys that are like fourth liners that make no money. Well, okay. Okay, then that's nobody. That's mm-hmm. You can't do anything. And they need to do some things. And I don't know. I right don't know now, it looks it like they're just boogie boarding. That's right. You got to do something. <laughs> Figure out what you do. And that's uh, why I think the easiest thing, right? The, we've talked, we've you know talked about nonstop. The easiest thing is just trade your UFAs like, yeah. when you can. Like that's mm-hmm. the one that's right in front of you. Yep. Uh, Kemper's final question. Thought of another. Ignoring no trade clauses and who is or isn't realistically tradable. Are there any untouchables left on the team? Now, this is a bit of a trick question for me because I, you know, I don't really believe in untouchables in we the don't sense like that, like. In the sense that we don't like treats either. This is a very somber post-Halloween podcast. Uh, In the sense that, you know, if somebody comes and offers me four first-round picks for Robert Thomas tomorrow, I'm taking four first-round picks, you know? (laughs) So, uh, but I would still say, broadly speaking, uh, Thomas and Kairou and Buchnevich are the three that I would keep under pretty much any circumstance. Um, And at the aforementioned Thomas Grice. I think those more. That's who your real new core is. Wow, no reaction for me in at all. That was hilarious stuff, and he's just not even paying attention. Can I be completely? I'm, I'll be completely re- honest with oh, you. Oh, I can see that you're reading something to the side. Oh yeah, reading? no, I know you saw that, but I was scrolling through Twitter, and I'll have you know that I'm watching some weird wrestling—not weird wrestling clip, old wrestling clip of a diamond cutter on Eddie Guerrero last night from last night someone watching I, last night oh I don't know jesus who this other if somebody was. if somebody did a, a diamond cutter to eddie guerrera last, last night, night they, they fucked up they human dug, they dug them up they need uh, to seek out <laughs> a wcw match it's very interesting sorry what'd you say i'll laugh i said um robert thomas and Jordan Cairo and Pavel Buchnevich within reason are the three people I would consider untouchables. And then I said, and of course the aforementioned Thomas Grice, oh. uh, he would also be in that category, but no, I mean, I think, I think those, those three, th- I think yeah. those three guys are it, which I mean, is not bad. It's a decent forward, little forward group to have for yourself, but right. Like I don't you'd need... love Scott Perunovich to be in that group or Nico Mikola even, or some young defenseman. And I don't think we can argue anyone is. Yeah. I'm not Justin Falk. Like his contract yeah. makes him very touchable. I would let anyone touch Justin Falk <laughs> at this point. Um, I mean, of anyway. all of them, he's the one I would want to keep. Mm-hmm. Right. Like 
Bennington, you know, outside of goalies or whatever. But yeah, it'd be Bushnevich and Thomas and Kyra just because I think there's a lot of potential there. I'd keep Tarasenko if the you know money was right, but I, I don't think it's gonna be. Um and Barbashev if the money was right, but I don't think it's gonna be. So it's like those are your, those are your guys. And like you said, I don't think that's like a bad core to start with, but I just think you need better complementary players, need more from those three too. But it's just mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm super baffled. The more it's probably just getting late, but I'm just like, why is this? What's why is why isn't this team like literally like not give a shit? And I mean, again, they do, they care, but it's like they do, bro. But like the heart isn't. You ain't got to clarify for me. I don't feel like they care enough, you know. So yeah, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. I didn't think this team was very good. Like in terms of like we talked earlier before the season started, like make the playoffs, losing the first or second round because they're good but not good enough. But that's why I thought I thought they're good but not good enough. I didn't think they were bad. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't think they're outright bad. Yeah, and well, I think they're outright bad. Fuck. <laughs> the thing of it is, is like, can you you can't sell to fans anymore right like if they lose to boston and philly they're three and eight mm-hmm. that's tough they lose to san jose on thursday like right the night before we probably record next like dude i know you said it earlier but if we lose the next three games it's over pack everything in. you gotta ever stop. think you, about don't even will, think about thinking about this team competing i will again. not hear anyone being <laughs> say it's too early fuck you yeah three and nine from this team it's yes. over yeah i mean i know we're digging a grave that we're not in yet so i'm aware of that but um yeah it's just, I mean, it, it just i don't know it just pisses me and honestly like as much as i'm like i hope they lose so they rebuild and stuff it just pisses me off that they like that they honestly just like look like shit. That's like, and mm-hmm. I think the annoying part to me is like just looking forward to a season. And normally this team looks good enough. So you're like, I'm enjoying the season. But now I find myself just like really looking at other teams and then watching us play. I have to look at other teams because they're the only enjoyable ones to watch. And I'm like, fuck, we look so <laughs> bad. We look yeah. so bad. And like also not entertaining. Like there's some really fun games I've seen recently. And I'm like, none of them have been us Mm -hmm. it's it just makes it makes for like just an annoying evening because you're like oh i'm gonna watch a blues game and then you're like well i mean even you and my wife was like why are you gonna watch them they're gonna lose and she's like i'm just kidding and i was like don't kid you don't gotta kid it's true why am i watching them Uh, i don't know man because we have to suffer together. Let's get through the remainder of these couple of questions here. <laughs> oh, fuck them. Um, no, it's fine. Go, go ahead. <laughs> there are a loyal audience. There are loyal listeners. None of them have You're ever loyal. heard the show. None of them have ever heard the show. Kemper has no idea what we sound like. Right. Uh, Mark Mark Flouter, I assume it's Flouter. I'm, I hope I'm not flouting your name incorrectly. That's not really what that word means. So I'd be doing it in two different ways. When is Armstrong's job in jeopardy? He put together this shit show of a team. He used the emoji. So, you know, if he doesn't use foul language, I'm sorry for misquoting him, but uh, (laughs) he should be more accountable than anyone else. 
I mean, when is Armstrong's job in jeopardy from a me and Ian position? Probably now. When is Armstrong's job in jeopardy from a Tom Stillman position? I think we're probably a long way from that. That's, I think that's so far away. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even really want armstrong on there have been times where i've been like eh, i don't know guy i don't even really... I would be interesting to see armstrong go into rebuild mode like on the one hand part of me wants to say no that should definitely be somebody else but on the other hand part of me wants to say man he hasn't done that in so long mm-hmm. remember when he did do that and he built an eventual cup winner like maybe he does it again you know so i would like to see i want him to do i want him to pull off wacky david run blood for tarasenko trades and uh you know euro halak trades and stuff like that those were the good times right i i'd like to see him helm a rebuild and like you said i don't i think tom stillman that's the only gm he's ever had and i think he really really trusts him um and i think you and i think you endear yourself even more to the owner too if you're going to come out early and be like hey this team needs to fucking fix its shit or there's going to be changes it's like hey this guy understands it he seems to understand like the the gravity of the situation so i sorry go ahead i, no, I was just saying i don't i i truly think he's more likely to like step aside a la paul maurice sort of thing than get fired um at least at this point right like i don't think he, that's what he's going to do but i'm just saying that's how far away i think he is from being fired yeah I think the leadership group, like the front office and the coaching staff, is very secure right now. Uh, and mm-hmm. while those are, as we've said many times, the easiest pieces to change, I do think it makes it kind of exciting to just be like, yo, this is straight up on the players. Like, that is not, nobody is looking anywhere else but the players. That makes it kind of fun. Uh, David, mm-hmm. a Chisholm tweets, is something like a quick, soft rebuild possible when we have several underperforming veterans under contract for several more years? Um, yes and no. I would say here's here's the argument for a rebuild could be possible. A, a quicker rebuild could be possible. You have, uh, you have $11 million in cap space next season, uh, almost 12 almost 12 million in cap space next season. You have three veterans that you can trade away for almost nothing. Uh, you can also probably get rid of Scandella with one year left on his deal, even though that would cost you something, or maybe you just eat Scandella. Maybe you pay to get rid of one of the other defensemen. All I think you really need to do to genuinely free up space for uh, some kind of rebuild is get rid of one of the major defensive contracts and trade your UFAs for uh, futures, because then you're looking at a team that's going to build around Cairo and Thomas anyway. Buchnevich is here. He's young. He's good. Um, and then you're going to see the salary cap explosion in a couple years. And, you know, fortunately for us, whatever remains of those long ass, terrible ass defensive contracts will look a lot more tolerable when it's 6.5 million of a $90 million cap instead of an $82 million cap. And beyond that, a 95 and 102 and however high it's going to go in a few years, you know, those contracts will gradually look less and less terrible, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I don't I wouldn't say it's likely. Uh, but what do you think? I don't know. He doesn't think it's possible, folks. That's him trying to be nice. <laughs> and it's fine. 
it's fine. Just be honest, Ian. Just share your real opinion. I mean, I just don't. Just say it. <laughs> I don't think so. I tried to be the positive one. Ian's bringing the realism. I think that works. Uh, Ayrton also asked, can I come on and rip this team to shreds anytime? Just walk in the door. Find my apartment in Jacksonville. I'll put you on a hot mic. Um, also, how does this team even begin to begin a rebuild? This is kind of the opposite question. They have so many bad contracts and aging players. What do you even do? Ian, you, you're negative Nancy over there. You explain it. You, you explain to the people why we're doomed and then we can close the podcast. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. Um, I mean, it's hard, right? I don't know. I don't know how you move any of those defensemen. I really don't. This has been my fear since like day one i <laughs> ever since I mean, we had all three of these guys sign long term it was like what are you gonna do i mean right we had those two we had falk and we had krug and then we were like well that means you should get rid of pareko because you shouldn't pay him how much he's gonna want and then we paid him how much he's, he wanted and then it was like well it's those three now huh you have I nick think- letty making less but like Moving oh, him is just not that much of a deal. How I, right I don't know. were we already right about the Nick Wedding contract? I mean, so right. Uh, I basically agree with you. I will say two things to try and put a positive spin on. First of all, you could trade Justin Falk. You don't want to because he's your one good defenseman. But if it comes to a point where you're like, we have to clear some money on defense, you could trade Justin Falk. Second, As bad as it is, and it is bad, we have a lot of pretty crappy contracts. We don't have the San Jose Shark level bad contracts where we've got multiple guys locked down for eight plus million for the rest of eternity. You know, Braden Shin is locked down for too long. He's already, you know, He's only making 6.5 million in a couple of years, 6.5 million, probably going to be something you can trade if you eat some of the cap hit and, you know, get rid of him uh, to a team that's trying to stay above the floor. Tory Krug, probably stuck with him. Colton Pareko, you're probably stuck with him, but that's those three, that's 19 million. Jordan Bennington, if you want to put him in that group, that's 26, 25 million. It's pretty bad, but if the cap goes up to 100 million in a couple of years, it's not unsurvivable. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you're rebuilding, the team around them is going to be cheaper anyway, right? I mean, you're going to, let's just say hypothetically, we get um, Adam Fantilli or whoever, you know, not Connor Bedard because this is the Blues, let's be honest. But, um, you know, let's just say we get a superstar young player. Well, we're going to have him for three years where he's dirt cheap and he'll be producing at like an eight or $10 million pace when all those other contracts are running out. So, you know, is it possible? Sure. Is it likely? No, it's a bleak outlook for this team right now. We're honestly, I'm surprised at how positive we've we've been at parts of this podcast, but you know, if they win the next three, we'll have to eat a lot of our words and and come back here and and sort it all out. But I don't see. I I know, and you know, Kemper and I joked about this. I know it would be so bluesy to beat the Bruins on Monday. I just don't see how we don't get just trashed. I don't see how it's not 
48 goals against. They hate us. We stole a cup from them. This this organization, this this team on its last hurrah with the coach that we just let go playing us in Boston? And you think we're going to win that? No, 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 no. Even the Blues. No, 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 no. That's the thing too, right? The thing that the Blues will do is get stomped by the Bruins and then we'll stomp the Flyers and the Sharks and everyone will think, oh, and then we'll get creamed by whoever is after those two. That's the more Blues move. (laughs) That's the thing too, is like losing to the Bruins, even if you like, I don't know, look good losing the Bruins and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's at a certain point, even if it's like a fluky loss, that's the thing that pisses me off. It's going to piss me off because eventually they will look a little bit better, but they'll still lose or something. Be like, I don't know. It's They're better now. And I'm like, dude, when it's like the seventh or eighth loss in a row, I don't give a flying fuck anymore. You have yeah. to win. Uh, they're not going to be like, well, you can make the playoffs because you look pretty good in some of those losses. Like, no, you have to win. And I don't care that you're playing yeah. the Bruins. They're the best team. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have to win that game. But you shouldn't be in this position in the first place. So now you do. And you lost it. And because they're super duper good and they're the best team in the NHL right now, that's your fucking fault. <laughs> like, that's what I'm going to hate. Freaking Monday, people will be like, oh, well, it's the Bruins. What do you want them to do? I want them to win half the freaking games they lost. That's what I want yeah. them to do. Yeah. I, uh, like, just. I do think while you're on that subject, if you want to talk about must win games, tonight was a must win game. You're playing the Islanders who are good, but they're not great. You're playing them at home and your own general manager just descended from on high and tried to defend his sorry excuse for a professional hockey team. And you just laid down and fucking died. And you, Mm. you let in a fluke goal, then you gave away a goal. And then the other two goals were, you know, both of those goals, the third and the fourth goal were both fluky in a sense Mm-hmm. And yet, in a sense, they were like the worst defensive goals I've ever seen. Because the first one, when whoever it was, Pajot, I think maybe, knocked it back into the crease and off Letty, there were four blues there with a puck sitting under Bennington. And that guy got there first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was brutal. And then we already talked about Pareko just posterizing himself in the crease. I will never understand that. It's... <laughs> It's just, oh, oh, we try. I tried to be positive for a minute. There's no hope. It's all over. <laughs> the Bruins are going to walk through us. John Tortorella is going to say, you know what? No, this is wrong. He's going to walk through us. And uh, I think we're looking at a three and eight team who maybe scores a win over the Sharks. Uh, I really want to know for the people that are still holding off, what's it going to take for you to say, you know what? No, this is wrong. <laughs> I, <laughs> And if people are just worried that the team's going to get like worse and it's going to be worse for longer, if we make some sort of knee jerk trade or blah, 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 I get, I get where that fear comes from. It's like, I don't want us to blow it up. It's kind of early and who knows, you know, blah, blah, blah. But for the folks that are like trotting out like this, like a freaking carpet for these dudes, like, oh, come on, you guys. We come on. We got to believe in these guys. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. What? Ha- okay. What has this? iteration of this team even last year's iteration which was pretty much the same one what have they done to make you feel like oh no no, no, we got to stick it out with with everyone it's working (laughs) it's not 
we have, I haven't seen anyone say this. Thankfully, I think we've moved on. I think it's been long enough. And Perron left, so it was one more off the off the roster. But I counted on my little plaque that I think you have one of two that's got like uh-huh. all the signatures of all the players that were on the team on the cup. And there's like 28 signatures on there. Some of them are like mm-hmm. Jordan Nolan or or Michael Delzato, but I still counted them. I think we have like seven players. Yep. from that team this is not the cup team you don't have to roll over and be like but they were so good this isn't them that's not mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. this team isn't even the team from 2019-20 that did look really good until the pandemic hit and all that junk that's not it mm-hmm. this is a different team and they have done nothing for you so what i don't understand like the the quick defense the like come on whoa let's not be so judgmental on these guys Dude, I'm I'm even with you halfway because like some of these guys can score and play better and yada yada. But the mix, I think you have to see past all that. It's the Ian, mix. Ian, you know what you're tiptoeing close to? What? We get we're gonna start oh, talking I about know, the soup here before yeah. long, baby. <laughs> That's right. It's the fucking the soup. soup, man. The soup's <laughs> the soup is wrong. <laughs> My favorite analogy of all time. And uh, we'll get into it, I'm sure, pretty soon because these, we're these are all orcas, but they've all been plucked and put in <laughs> the same pod. They uh, don't like each other, and one of them's going to bite the other one to death. Like where are Ro- where are Robert Portuzo and Zach Stanford to fight when you need them? They're not here anymore because that Zach Stanford <laughs> scoring goals on us because it's not the same team. Mm. Robert Portuzo is here, and that's part of the problem too. <laughs> when people ever do that, when they're like, "Oh, we're, we need a fight for those two to win the cup," it just makes me want to go like, "Ah, fuck you!" Like, <laughs> just, oh, hilarious, good shit. Uh, I just. Again, I think the biggest issue, and I'll stop here, is just that I this team's mix isn't good. And if they win three in a row or whatever after this, I still don't think this mix is good. Mm-hmm. And I think we're we're plastering over issues that this we team gotta has. Hold the line, Ian. And I need them. I need them to look bad. I need them to look bad for people to see that they are bad. So mm-hmm. we can start trending toward a better team, a new team, a fun team. <laughs> like, so because the longer we hold on to this weird dream that this team is working or will work or whatever, the worse it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really well said. If they're going to, if they, if they just, Prove it to me. Prove it to me. If people are like, they could win. Okay, then just go do it. Go. Yeah. I, the state and it's stupid saying that I hated as a child and still sort of hate, but it's true now. I need you to show me. Show uh-huh. me. Like I'm some dumb hick. Well, you know what? <laughs> irrigation. Irrigation that's going to move the water in that way. Oh, yeah. Well, you're going to have to show me. <laughs> I'm from the show me state. <laughs> that is how we talk out there. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's true. I think it's time for the boys to show us something or not. And we'll know, I mean, show us one way or another. We'll know exponentially more by, uh, you know, by the next podcast. If they have lost two more, I'm sorry, folks. I was going to say, they have to win at least two of these next three games for me to feel even remotely, remotely like eh, better just eh. if they lose two i could see them losing two and then us sitting here 
with them playing the Senators or them having beaten the Sharks, rather, not the Senators. And there will be some people being like, ah, good, good. We're back in the win column. And it's like, bro, it doesn't fucking matter. They all took fucking eight games. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, yeah. that's What did that happen? Did that happen last year or the year before that? There was definitely, I mean, I guess it happens a lot, lots of years. But, like, there's definitely the, like, false win. The false mm-hmm. win, false win or two, and then all of a sudden you just get boom, just like smashed in the face the next game. Like, ah, there we go. And yep, 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 yep. That's what it's gonna be. Sharks into avalanche. Oof. Oh boy. All right. Yep. Folks, we've talked a long time. It's almost 1 a.m. where I am. Uh you know, it's time to hopefully you enjoyed to... our ramblings or incoherent. That's right. Ramblings. It's time to run a bubble bath and soak your tootsies and Wash all your problems away. We'll be back next week. We'll know a lot more about this team by then. Uh, happy November 4th. Remember the remember the 4th of November. You can say that it came before the 5th of November. And go vote or something. Good night, everybody. But no one ever does. I'm not sick, but I'm